Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Tonight is February 17th, 2021, and uh, we are moving along into the year, coming up on one month away from the day of the shutdowns in Los Angeles, in Southern California. So, that's not what I'm doing a show about, but all these things do matter, right? Things are beginning to open up in uh, Los Angeles, and I'm really, really happy about that because, uh, oh, yeah, we're just happy about it. We're just, you know, tired of it all and want to get back to living. So I'm going to do a little promotion while I'm talking. I put it up there on the Leaving AA and now I'm going to put it in the deprogramming group. Um, now, and if you want to join us in the chat, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash safe recovery, and then you'll see that we are live right now, and there's a chat room as well. And I am going to go to one more spot and promote it which is a group that's called um, Pro-AA versus AA Critical Debate Discussions. Uh, And that is a group where um, uh, people can debate and fight about it. And um, so there's sometimes, you know, pretty good debates and then um, sometimes... It gets kind of quiet, but anyway, so the thing that I found interesting was, you know, when you're in AA, you think it's so cool that they make these movies about AA references, but when you leave, what's the matter, Blue? Huh? You want to go outside? What'd you come in here for? I knew that you weren't going to want to stay in here. What are you doing, Blue? Let's see if he wants to stay or if he's going to be, you know, crying. So the first person that I learned about when I was, um, you know, you heard about her, but um, the reason that I think she wasn't, you know, kind of pounded and talked about was that she actually drank um, sort of at the end of her AA career. So she drank, and that's even though she was sober a very long time, she had their so-called AA slip or whatever, um, and which I don't call that that. So you know, she, she drank. You know what? I gotta, I gotta let this. I'm gonna, I gotta let the dog out. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Yeah, this never happening again. He's not ever getting in here again with me. <laughs> don't bring a dog into a studio, right? Or into the room where you're recording. Uh, lesson noted. Lesson. Um, anyway. So I didn't know um, how powerful she was. And I got this book, The Biography of Mrs. Marty Mann, anonymously in the mail when I was making the movie. And I thought, 
oh my god how gross like who's sending me this you know so uh i'm just i just opened this up this is really crazy this is on page 283 of her biography marty mann and harold hughes almost single-handedly created the national network of alcoholism treatment programs that exist today and there couldn't have been a harold hughes without a marty mann when Marty started the NCEA, which at the time was the National Council on Education and Alcoholism in 1944, there were almost no hospitals that treated alcoholism and little treatment outside of hospitals. When she died in 1980, hospitals across the country were getting into the business of alcoholism treatment, and there was an ever-growing network of freestanding alcoholism treatment programs throughout the country. The hundreds of thousands of alcoholics who initiated their recovery within the walls of treatment program. Okay, I'm not going to go on with that. But anyway, um, Marty and the NCA could justifiably take credit for having created the social climate that produced Hughes' landmark legislation. Now, this part about Howard Hughes, we'll get into it a little later. And I'd actually really like to do another show with Joe Miller, who wrote the book U.S. of AA, How the Twelve Steps Hijacked the Science of Alcoholism. Incredible in-depth history about um, AA. This came out in uh, 2019, so um, the year before the pandemic. Um, I had him on before, um, as soon as I found out about this book. This fascinating. I'm going to focus more on Hollywood this time, but he definitely... Um, educated me a ton, too. Pretty crazy how a couple of AA members who were in government, you know, got the whole that it's a disease kind of thing, you know. Um, If you want to call in tonight, I am going to take calls, 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. So here's what I learned. I learned that Marty went out to Hollywood, and she met Lillian Gish, you know, and if you don't know who Lillian Gish is, she was one of the earliest, let me see if I can, um, but so Lillian Gish, I think that she too, um, I'm not sure if she had a drinking problem again, or it was the, uh, or it was who she was married to because she was a beautiful American actress, pioneering actress of the screen and stage, and a director and writer. Her film acting career spanned 75 years, from 1912 in silent shorts to 1987. Gish was called the first lady of American cinema and um, is credited with pioneering uh, fundamental film performance technique. All right, so she was born October 14, 1893 in Springfield, Ohio, and died February 27, 1993. Wow, shoot. What? She lived to be 100 years old? Is that is that right? Born on the 93 and died in 93? She lived to be 100? She was 5 foot 5. Wow. That's crazy. That is so crazy. But Let's see who she was married to. She was, where is her married? It doesn't have it. I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. But um, let me see. Birth of a Nation, terrible, terrible racist film made in um, the early part, made in 1915. What a gross, disgusting film. That was actually a propaganda film for the KKK. And it was very successful. Then in the 30s, they used the Superman cartoon. The, I don't know if it was the producer or the creator of Superman cartoons in the 30s um, used it to expose. Isn't that incredible? My, uh, my husband and I watched this documentary about it, Superman, and uh, talked about how animation was used to expose it. But anyway... Um, so, uh, let me see, she is, so all I want want you to know is that in the early years, so she started out really, really young, she was like the, the 
you know, Hollywood isn't that way anymore. It was a much smaller community. You know, she worked at MGM. Uh, there were only Louis B. Mayer, which now you know he was like, good Lord, I would love like somebody to tell that story. And But, you know, uh, he was really supposed to be gross. I finally I did see um, a documentary, and I it was about uh, Judy Garland and her mother. Um, they tell that story in a documentary about how they were treated. Oh, no, was it um, Shirley Temple, too? But there were a lot of people. Um, uh, let me see. So here she is at the age of 80 in 73. She looks pretty good. You know, I'm not sure if uh, she was a stepper or not, but she became friends with Marty. And um, I'll dig about it later. But, I mean, come on. So if we, once you get to meet her, it would be like becoming friends with, um, oh, my God, who who can compare today? I don't know. Just some big, the biggest female actress. Who is that now? You know, I don't know. There's There's so many. But anyway, okay, so she gets hooked up with her, and she comes out to Hollywood and um, is the first movie that I know about is um, The Lost Weekend. So The Lost Weekend, I don't know if the writer was a stepper, but was directly, uh, you know, telling that ending with that A story. And I could never really watch that one. Uh, That seemed like it was really geared for like the older population. And then the next one that I saw more than once was The Days of Wine and Roses. So The Days of Wine and Roses was, uh, you know, Jack Lemon, who and I now know is a stepper, was a stepper. I wonder how many of the early comedians, like, you know, um, I sometimes think that, I don't know if George Burns... um, was he uh here's another guy born in um let's see George Burns uh at the time of his death he was born in 96 and he died in 96 he lived to be 100 worth 30 um million dollars um you know let me see what happened here a TV show in the 50s um uh Wow. Oh, yeah, they're talking about um, him, him dying there. You know, okay, so you have him, and you have these two big, big films. And then there were really famous soap opera. Okay, um, let's put in, we got, okay, all the soap operas, and all my children, I don't know how many are left on TV, I think some of them are. I think my friend Patsy still um, watches them. But anyway, All My Children uh, is definitely one of them. And that show, uh, we had um, a thread line, one of the storylines, an arc of a character that becomes a drunk, goes to AA, gets sober. And then I find out, I think I was watching one of those, like, after dinner, after the news kind of shows, not E.T., but, you know, some show that's on now, a few years ago. And that actress, in fact, she was an older woman, um, got sober in real life. And so she wanted, you know, I'm sure she went to the producers and said, oh, isn't this a great idea? You know, we can help so many. Mm. Barf, barf. So um, let's go to... Television, because television, this I didn't know. Um, Let's look at a show called Mom. Um, It is um, a show that, uh, let me just go to IMDb. You know, this show uh, is like a big-ass commercial for, for AA. Like, that's it. It's like, really? Um, oh, my God. Wow, that's crazy. I just saw something that is so crazy. Um, it, Emma Stone you know, playing Corella DeVille. 
All right, here we go, Mom. Man, this show just went on and on and on. I don't know if they're still making it, but for years, you know, season after season, Chuck Lorre, eight seasons, you know, just just cha-ching, cha-ching the money. Um, I watched it like homework to see how how deep of a rabbit hole it went to. Um, I do think that at some point the writers were reading the blogs. They were anti-AA blogs so that they could try to counterpoint the syrupy, sweet pushing of Alcoholics Anonymous down your throat. Um, And I thought it was pretty disgusting. And so after maybe the fourth season, I couldn't watch it anymore, even for homework. Like it really, yeah, it looks like it's still being made. 2021, let's see. Um, Let's see. Possibly, but who cares? So this is Chuck Lorre. So Chuck Lorre is an outed stepper in Hollywood. That's what I call them. Someone who um, tells the world, you know, they're not anonymous. They're breaking that anonymous tradition. And um, Chuck Lorre uh, made Two and a Half Men. Um, what else? He's got a ton of a ton of credits, but we're not here to do that exactly. But um, you know, I I finally did meet him at a at an event, and he was a, he was a nice guy. He definitely was a nice guy, very open. And I did go up to him and ask him to please, you know, start telling stories with other options that a lot of people were dying and that they don't they don't want to go to AA. So if he could, while he is pushing this, you know, could he please? Right. So anyway. The Kaminsky method. He's making that at the same time. He's did Mom, and he won a lot of awards. I don't know. Um, Bob Hart's Abishola is another show. Um, the Big Bang Theory is one of his shows. Disjointed. Mike and Molly. I think I said this. Two and a Half Men. Dharma and Greg. Now we know one of those people are there in Scientology. Um, Sybil. Um, that was a show um, in the, in the late 90s, Grace Under Fire, another one of his shows, Roseanne. Wow, I didn't know that he was involved with Roseanne. My Two Dads, um, the early stuff. Let's see, really early stuff. Pole Position from 84. The Littles, The Mask, The Teary Muppet Babies. So I think the biggest one, um, it looks like he started out as a writer. My Two Dads was, um, he was a writer. Roseanne was probably the biggest, it looks like he was a writer for that. Okay, so here's a guy who's got all these shows. Um, I would try to go to anything I could where I could meet these people once I started making my documentary to expose how much, you know, it was pushed. Oh, another one, 28 Days. So 28 Days is made, you know, way, way later, but like 2000. So now that's 20 years ago, 21 years ago. And that is uh, just a total um, push for um, stepper rehab. Uh, Rehab was already booming in the 80s. It continued to go through the 90s as you had movies like um, Clean and Sober, you know. And um, pretty, um, I don't know what to say about that. I remember going and like all the wink, wink, nodding. I, I think I went to the biggest theater in Hollywood at the time, the um, oh yeah, there's another Patrick Melrose. I never watched that. That that show is all about somebody with a drinking problem. That's on Prime Video. Maybe I'll take a look at it. But um, so this back to um, Clean and Sober. Clean and Sober uh, was just one big propaganda for 12-step rehab. And uh, oh yeah, Smashed. Smashed was another little. I should add that to it. So Smashed was a small independent film, um, you know, well done, but always makes, like, the, what, what I think steppers like to do in Hollywood is make the women predators or the guy who was 13-stepping is, oh, he's really a good guy after all, hush, you know, wink, wink, you know, nod, nod, whatever. Uh, one really great film is Claudia Christian's film, One Little Pill, how she used naltrexone to um to cure and treat her own um alcohol use disorder and um it's a great film uh, Claudia is a very successful actress and she wrote a fantastic book 
Babylon, confidential, really, really fast, easy read. Anyone who doesn't want to quit, you want to reduce your drinking, I highly suggest that you read her book. And then go on her C3 Foundation. Um, there's a lot of tools uh, and um, even con- um, like sort of a community, not sort of, but a community of doctors who treat alcohol use dis- disorder with um, naltrexone, a very inexpensive pill that um, works for many people. You take the pill and then um, an hour later you have... Um, a drink. So, um, who were some? I, I mean, I made a big list of, uh, you know, how, uh, the, not, I'm sorry, the movies that were made in the description below, right? And uh, here's a list. Here's a short list The Lost Weekend with Ray Milan, The Days of Wine and Roses, Flight with Denzel Washington. A Star is Born, so syrupy sweet that, I mean, I would not even watch it. This is the more recent one. And um, with, uh, you know, I can't even remember their names because I can't stand this whole promotion of, like, Hollywood and these things. Euphoria, I tried to watch it. Um, Absolutely gross, gross show. I mean, uh, great acting. The actresses and actors are fantastic. It's good writing, but it's almost borders by unporn. It's so shocking, and I'm sure they think, oh, the more shocking, you know, the better. Oh, it's so cutting edge, and I'm like, no, let me, like, turn this shit off, and I'm not turning it back on. I don't care what happens to these people. Just disgusting. Uh, A couple of scenes in that. So um, Mom on CBS, one big AA commercial. If... If they were talking about the Catholic Church instead of AA, it, it would be like not allowed on television to promote like religion or something this way. It's a really strange phenomenon that goes on with this AA shit. When a man loves a woman, um, so we have the man is the um, the wife is a drunk in in this one. Um, uh, Andy Garcia plays um, when a man loves a woman. That was 1994. Meg Ryan and Andy Garcia. Now, sadly, Meg Ryan got together with Dennis Quaid. All right, and they got married and had a kid or two. I don't know how many kids they had, but she was a drinker. She was a normal drinker. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look her up for good, Meg Ryan. And he was a hardcore stepper. And uh you know, he was a known stepper as we as I would call them. And wow, she is um she's born in sixty one, she's fifty nine now. She was married to him from ninety one to oh one, so what is that? Like they were married ten years. They had um Two kids, and what's sad is that you could see her kind of unraveling, and as she was married to this very successful, I mean, he was in the height of his career and doing a lot of movies, so, yeah, it was, I was really, I mean, I was still in AA when I saw her kind of going through a hard time and um I, I don't know i mean it was when i left that i really really understood like what happens to people who are married to serious serious steppers and um one of their sons jack he he's an he's an actor a working actor but anyway um so how does this all happen uh you know it is like a good old boys club. It really is. It's just like any kind of good old boys club. There's one in the law, you know, in the court system. Most of the judges are men. There's there's certainly women now. There's definitely more women. But um, if you work in car sales, you know. How many women still to this day? I mean, I do think there are businesses that lean themselves more towards women and men. Either one without 
I'm not getting into no gender thing here. Just forget that. But Hollywood, the writers, the sober guys, you know, they all work it. They have their meetings in like private homes up in the hills. And then and the, I, I do think that there was a surge of writers that stayed sober for a very long time. They got sober. They were sober for decades. And then you had people who were helping each other. You could you could be watching a show like a good one, for example, is Shameless. So you could be watching a show which had nothing to do with AA at all, you know, that was just like humming along, crazy. The father is absolutely like a raving, you know, drinker, drug user, crazy man. Played brilliantly, right? Um, and what you have is all of a sudden like you know one of the children lip who you would never become a stepper like this kid was like whip smart he's not a follower and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute did like a stepper just join the writing team you know like what the fuck happened here and like that's happened with more than one TV show, but you could have a TV show that was, com- and it gets hijacked by these steppers who come in. And um, sometimes I think people are innocent. Their producers are clueless, and everybody just thinks, oh yeah, you know, you get these famous people, you know, they're they're all like, you know, they're in AA, like then they all must be great, right? Like let's let's just look at this one. Like for instance, like a star is born, right? The most recent. Star is Born. All right, that was in 2018. And that had Bradley Cooper, who directed, who's an outward, has outed Stepper and Lady Gaga. All right, you know what? I mean, it's just to me, my friend, you know, she went and she couldn't even, like it was so like syrupy, Stepper sweet, and then like he kills himself in the end. Well, but I don't think that happens in the, like earlier Star is Born. But anyway, um, it is, like a really strange world. I don't believe Lady Gaga is uh, in AA at all. Um, She recently spoke out about, you know, drinking too much, but she was, you know, dealing with her in her own way, and I think more power to you. Bradley Cooper is an avid stepper and became successful, I think, after he, like, was sobering up. He was working. He was a working actor. But there's something very... It's like too much. It's over the top. And they just want to like make a movie about this. And they are promoting Alcoholics Anonymous through their story, through this huge vehicle where millions and millions of people are going to see it, people who have a problem, people who don't have a problem. And then they'd be like, oh, look, like Bradley Cooper's sober. So, oh, my God, like look at this. Like Robin Williams, you know, Robin Williams did it. And Robin Williams, you know, he's gone. And Robin, I believe, could be alive if he got out of AA and got away from them. He would be alive. Uh, there's so many of them, right? Um, oh, my God, Kevin. I'm thinking of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay? Now, he was pretty private. Um, he was pretty private for a long time. Uh, let me Let me find his stuff. Oh, my God, that made me so sad that he died. I was just like... You know, some really bad stuff happened with him and his privacy in AA meetings. Uh, He did the master uh, in 2012. Brilliant, brilliant film where uh, I'm sure that they were talking about Scientology. Um, Just incredible. He was born in 1967 uh, in New York. Um, He died in February. I remember when he died. I was making the movie. Uh, in the West Village, yeah. And, um, yeah, just uh, really, really, the master before the devil knows you're dead. Oh, my God, that's just like, it's a really, really dark, dark film. Um, so you have all these famous people who go, and then there's a lot of people who are not, in the limelight so they're behind the scenes you know and they want to get back to marty man where she 
becomes very good friends with Lillian Gish. Um, I just... Um, I'll just read this right here. This is really crazy. Uh, this is on page 306 of the bio. All right, so these are kind of things that they put together. Marty continued to be a middle-of-the-road anchor between the liberal young activists like Jan and the seasoned diplomatic conservatives like Catherine Pike. The third event of that mid-decade was an original public relations tour de force, Operation Understanding, on May 8th, in 1976, okay, this is when AA grew. I first went there in 75. I was 18 years old. The NCA, the National Council on Alcoholism, that's what it became. It first was the the other initials with the E before it, um, the NCEA, which was like the National Council of Education Alcoholism. Then it went to just announce. She kept changing the name and the nonprofit. Okay, they sponsored, listen to this, they sponsored a Washington, D.C. gala featuring 52 prominent persons publicly identifying themselves covered alcoholics. What? What? Wow. What a fucking PR bullshit this was. All right? I swear to you, I have this really big, thick book, right? I did not have – I had the page cornered, but I did not have it. It's, and I just was like flipping and I opened it. There's no highlight, but I had the, you know, the the uh, corner, you know, just dog-eared. Fifty-two prominent persons publicly identifying themselves publicly. So now it's not anonymous. We're not, we're not Alcoholics Anonymous anymore. We're not spirit. We're not doing this because you know why are you doing that? Like I thought, you know, you guys would just want to be humble and, you know keep it quiet or whatever and not be trying to promote it. 52 prominent persons publicly identifying themselves as recovered alcoholics. They did not, however, mention any affiliation with AA. Oh, gee, I guess people really didn't realize that they were all in AA. Okay, never mind. Nevertheless, it was clear to many in the audience that AA was the primary mode of recovery from alcoholism for the majority the purpose of the gala was to help further reduce stigma surrounding alcoholism. Okay, that's a good thing. If these famous individuals could be alcoholics and get well despite their fame and public image, then maybe ordinary folks could, too. Debbie and Walter Murphy. What? Debbie and Walter Murphy. I know I'm Walter Murphy. Co- coordinated the affair. The roll call of participants was a star-studded cast from all the major walks of life, including Buzz Aldrin, who's a stepper, Harold Hughes, who's a stepper, Dana Andrews, uh, Gary Moore, Dick Van Dyke, who's a stepper, Mercedes McCambridge, um, Wilbur Mills, and, of course, Marty. One newspaper editorial stated that it was probably the most dramatic mass attack on alcoholism stigma that we have seen in this country. Newsweek, in its review of the decade, 1970 through 1980, identified Operations Understanding as one of the most important news stories of the last 10 years. Operation Understanding. On the morning of the event, a news conference was held at the Shoreham Hotel. Press turnout was massive. Each celebrity was identified in alphabetical order. All was quiet, but when the MC, Dr. Luther Cloud, announced, this is Marty Mann, all those celebrities rose to their feet and applauded and and cheered Marty. She sat there in a state of shock, and she couldn't believe the ovation was for her. Wow. Marty was a celebrity's celebrity. All right. Following the banquet that evening, many of the celebrities gathered in Marty's room she spoke of the early days of the NCA and AA. They were spellbound. Um, you know, I think that's almost enough to just talk about how it made its way um, into Hollywood. That's pretty, pretty deep. Um, their writers were very important. And these writers became more successful. And then you have actors who have problems or their children 
have a drinking or drug problem. And then those kids um, get sent to AA, even though maybe the parents didn't really know about it, you know? It's it's pretty... Um, when I found some of this out, it was it felt like it was so deep that there were times that I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I even trying? Like, just like this like punch in the face or punch in the stomach. And now I don't no, I don't feel that way. I think that you just chip away at it. You chip, chip, chip away. But that we do need we do need um a very big star. And I think they have to be somebody who's in it who leaves like Leah Remini. And as they leave, they leave screaming and yelling at the top of their voice and they you know, really get the word out. It, it would be like if Alec Baldwin left AA, you know, and started talking about that he was brainwashed and blah, blah, blah. Or if, um, who's my favorite? Who's, um, let's see, Anthony Hopkins, The Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins. If Anthony Hopkins would I mean, I stood next to Anthony Hopkins in a meeting in the Palisades in the 90s. Uh, very unassuming, very not taken with himself. He's a very humble, nice guy and a great actor. He, to me, is one of the least, even though he talks very candidly about his drinking um, and the years that he drank problematically, he's a nice guy. And not all of them are. Some of them are really arrogant and Maybe because, you know, he drank long and hard enough. I don't know. Oh, and Fight Club. Speaking of a really, really strange, strange movie, great movie with Brad Pitt and um, Edward Norton, David Fincher. David Fincher. There's something about him. I am not sure if David Fincher is in the 12-step programs. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure. Like, I remember calling, like, making an assumption that he wasn't a fan of AA. And um, I, I don't really know, so we're not going to go that route. But um, it's not something that if I don't know about it, I'm not going to talk about it and make any assumptions about it. But I think that, you know, he did he did write some incredible, um, really incredible movies. Let's see, he is definitely, did he write seven? I think he did. But, um, let's see, he was married to Donya Fiorentino from 1990-95, divorced with one child. Um, some some of them I really dig about, and I try to find out if they were steppers, like if they are or not, you know. And um, so the many many movies and uh, let's see where was it? Stars Born, Euphoria, Okay, Mom, When a Man Loves a Woman. Uh, that was very sort of an Al-Anon movie, you know. And interesting that Al-Anon has not grown, you know. It just never never really grew. And I'll tell you why. As I was leaving AA, when I, I think I left it, I found out that Al-Anon had gotten sued. No, you know what? I actually found this out before I left when I was doing the safety workshops, that Al-Anon got rid of Alatot, thank God. What the fuck is Alatot, right? Al- Alatine. And that Alateen was where these teenagers went, and there were a lot of sexual, um, serious crimes that happened within Alateen. Parents sued, and they won, but I could not find, I I do think that they were sealed, that these cases were sealed because I couldn't find them. But I heard they happened in California. As a result of the lawsuits, Al-Anon, which has its base in... Uh, I think it's Virginia Beach. It's in Virginia. I'm almost sure it's Virginia Beach. 
But a little crew of us were calling Alan on to try to get the backstory and the history about the lawsuit. But what we did find out is that they began to do background checks. They did implement safety protocols uh, in Alateen to keep it going. AA has never done that. Narcotics Anonymous has never done that. And it would be really interesting to find um, those cases and be able to talk about them. Uh, okay. Um, Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell. All right. Oh, my God, I love that guy. Everything Must Go is actually a AA critical film, and it's not a pro AA film. It, it didn't do very well. Of course, you know, I mean, no, that's not true. But I saw it. Somebody, somebody called me and said, Monica, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this show. This person hates AA. Um, so I did, and that for sure, it's about thirteen stepping. It's a, it's a really good, it's a really cute movie. Um, the way back, the way back. Um, Twenty-eight days. I think I talked about that. One big commercial for AA rehab. Crazy Heart, you know, Crazy Heart is, he's a drunk, you know. He definitely has alcohol use disorder. If Jeff Bridges and um, Maggie, uh, how do you say her name? Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, there, I said it right. Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. That was made in '09. I believe he won, I believe he won an award. Did he win the Academy Award for that? You know, I watched it. Um, it was dark and it was sad. And, um, I'm, you know, I, I wish that somebody would tell a story like this now and that they would, like, do ayahuasca or, you know, maybe maybe better do the psilocybin journeys because they're proving that in the research in John Hopkins and locally here in Santa Monica that it's curing it, like curing it, like not, it's not a Band-Aid. And uh, Naltrexone, you know, is really helping people so that, like really tell a story, like a different story. Maybe I'll get to make that movie. Maybe that's going to be me who makes that film. I don't know. Um, The Way Back... Which one is the way back? Uh, I, I put it in there, but um, let me see. The way back. Um, what happened is that kind of at the same time. Oh, the way back is the one with oh, famous, famous Ben Affleck. Okay, Ben Affleck, who has struggled back and forth but plays the game for his wife and kids or for Hollywood or for his work. I'm not sure which. He hates AA. Um, I don't think he's found enough support around him. I don't know. That um, would keep would, would help him to not buy into it so he could kind of stand up. I thought maybe he was going to be one of the, our guy or a guy who would come out. And he came out. I know people have been in rehab with him. Um, but as we saw in the, his last court, sort of meltdown a couple of years ago, and then he makes a movie about this stuff, which is about a guy who's got a problem, and then he... I didn't watch it. I didn't see it yet. Maybe I'll see it um, for homework, but God bless him. I mean, I think he seems like a nice guy, and uh, I wish him well, and wish someday one of these guys just speaks out, like really says this is ridiculous, and like Leah Remini did. Um, takes a lot of balls to do that. She is something else. God bless her. Um, if you haven't seen her shows, they're now on, uh, I believe they're all on um, Netflix. And it was on A&E, so wherever you can see that stuff. You know, and uh, 28 Days, Crazy Heart, Clean and Sober. Oh, my Lord. Clean and Sober was such a... <laughs> You know, it was such a a film that was oh my god, it was so 90s, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, 1988, so it was very close to the 90s. Clean and sober. I remember sitting at the the Hollywood 
beautiful, giant, freaking Chinese man. Wow, why was it called the Chinese man, Kevin? <laughs> Chinese, <laughs> my obsession with <laughs> boycotting Chinese-made goods. Anyway, um, and, you know, Morgan Freeman, Kathy Baker, Michael Keaton, Claudia was in that, Claudia Christian, you go, girl. Um, yeah, Stepper, Stepper movie. Um, yeah, such a big, big, yeah, Stepper movie. So, I I liked it back then. Um, I couldn't sit through it now. Maybe I could and be laughing. A Million Little Pieces. Oh, my God. This movie was so good. Um, this movie was taken from that book where the guy said he eventually was on Oprah. Remember that guy? And I remember when it happened, and I was like, why are people making such a big deal? And I wasn't going to watch him because I didn't really like that kind of propaganda. This guy, A Million Little Pieces, it came out in December of 2019. What a terrible time that was. Um, Sam Taylor Johnson... Wow. Okay. This guy, he directed it. No, Sam is a woman, right? Yeah, because Aaron Taylor... Sorry, Sam is a woman. That's his wife. And Aaron Taylor Johnson stars in it. Billy Bob Thornton is in it. And this is about that guy who goes to rehab. James Frey was the writer of the book, and he wrote the screenplay with Aaron. Taylor Johnson, who wrote it. And, man, if you can't stand AA, watch this movie. It is, in he is brilliant. I mean, I thought that, that he should be nominated. Of course, he was not nominated for anything. And it was the beginning of the pandemic. And I didn't even get to see it in the theater. I believe I watched it at home. I think so, right, Kevin? But, man... Uh, incredible acting and incredible role and a really important film, you know, really important of someone who hates AA and that they can be okay. And Billy Bob Thornton's character is great. Oh, and you know, that's really another show. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Goliath. Um, Goliath, if you haven't watched Goliath on Amazon, one of my son's um, friends, Goliath, um, told me, oh, you know, you need to, he knew that I hated AA. And um, he was like, you got to watch this like show, you know, on uh, Amazon Prime. And it's on Amazon Prime video. Season one came out in 2016. Oh, my God. So this, I'm telling you, he does not like AA. I really think that. I really think Billy Bob Thornton sees through it all. In, and, I, I mean, I didn't get to interview him, but this is my take on him, and he is not um, a big fan, I would guess. When you watch this show, yeah, there's a scene where he goes into an AA meeting, and he really, you know, in a really subtle but very direct way, lets him have it. And um, I got my husband watching it. He didn't really like it at first. But, boy, um, he watched was it second and, second and third season with me. Oh, yeah, and Yellowstone. Yellowstone is another one where you have an arc of a character who, man, she's got one serious drinking problem. And she never goes to AA. She doesn't go to rehab. She just up and quits. She just... She takes a break. And it was beautiful as an ex-stepper to watch and not have to listen to the bullshit that gets spewed from some of these other films like A Star is Born or Flight. You know, I got to tell you, Flight was written by a stepper guy because I read the whole, when it came out, if you don't know what this is about, it was a true story with the spin on it, but, you know, where a guy, Denzel plays the pilot where he's doing lots of drugs and drinking. It actually is a really well-made film where he 
flips, they're going to crash, right? He flips the plane on its head and slides it into, you know, some land. But because of the way he lands it, um, everybody lives. Nobody dies. It's, it's really uh, the opening of the film is worth watching the film for. But the end of the film, you're ready to, like, strangle him. And you're like, shut the fuck up. You're a great, award-winning actor. You, you're a smart guy. And you're going to promote this A bullshit. Oh, my God, please, please give it a rest, Denzel. I love, love, love your acting. And um, I, um, it would be nice if he, somebody could, I don't know, get in there, get into that head of his and... Uh, and teach him a few things. Hi, hi. Oh, I just got. I was sorry. I I wasn't in the chat room at all. Um, Kadrima is in there. Um, let's see. Uh, Alatine still exists. Yes, Kadrima. I don't know if you're still there, but it does. It does still exist. Well, I did not know about it. About Alanon. What a movie. Title AA1. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just. I have this idea for a film. Um. But, yeah, let's see what else. What other movie can I, we're finishing up, I have uh, one little pill. So A Million Little Pieces, watch it. I think I watched it twice. I loved it so much. And then there's my film, The 13-Step Documentary. And if you can think of any more, um, we can put them in the, in the, uh, down there, in the groups, like in the Facebook groups, if you're in those leaving AA or deprogramming from AA or in a 12-step group, please feel free to add them. Or if you have any ideas for shows that you would like to um, call in and talk about with me, you can do that on Facebook or Twitter and uh, or reach me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. Makeaasafer at gmail.com. You know, I think that a combination with political people, powerful political people, which is another show, became AA members, right? And that these people got in there uh, and they changed laws, you know? They just did it. And... In Marty's book, as well as in Joe Miller's U.S. of AA, and he really lays it out. Like he took a whole chapter, if not more, to explain to us, the reader and the listener, how how they did it. Because so it was Howard Hughes who first started it, right? And he was in Washington, and he was like banging his drum and. It's a disease, you know. They wanted the AMA. I'll just read it right here, page 245, out of the Miss Marty Mann biography of her by Sally Brown and David Brown. In, by 1956, New York's example had influenced the whole American Medical Association. Hmm. Oh, wow, look at here. They're talking about the World Health Organization, the WHO which is so famous now in our pandemic, right? Um, I'm going to go back here. Just in case you don't know what the um, American Society of Addicted Medicine, ASAM, is. Now, people try to tell me, you know, it's not a stepper organization. I'm like, damn straight. That whole thing has its roots in AA. Ruth Fox fucking loved AA. Whether or not she was a stepper or not, let me tell you something. When I watch, there's a woman who's the head of NIDA. All right, so Nora Velcro, whatever her name is, she's not a stepper. But when she talks, then she starts talking about her father, who was, and she uses the word alcoholic, not alcohol use disorder, and she starts to tear up like she's at an Al-Anon meeting. I mean, this is not who should be running NIDA. We need people that are not steppers and stepper lovers, you know. Um, in 1954, the New York City Medical Society on Alcoholism was formed by six physicians meeting in Marty's office. Hmm. Okay, 
So they started something that seemed very official back in 54. The New York City Medical Society on Alcoholism was formed by six physicians. I'm repeating it again, meeting in Marty's office, the first of many medical societies on alcoholism to follow. A key person in the founding of the New York City Medical Society on Alcoholism and its first president was Dr. Ruth Fox, hmm, close friend and colleague to Marty. The group was the forerunner of today's National Professional Medical Association, the American Society of Addicted Medicine. This is no, like, um, I don't even know the words, like that this thing is objective and independent thinkers and independent scientists or independent therapists. No. This is a doctor who's buddy-buddy with Marty Mann who creates this. An essential element in the development of addiction specialties was the need to define alcoholism. Marty and the NCA, the National Council on Alcoholism, is what she started her nonprofit so she could promote AA without breaking the tradition. She created this nonprofit, stated that alcoholism was a disease, Right? See Chapter 19 for a discussion on this. The NCA also had a simple definition of alcoholic, someone whose drinking causes a continuing problem in any department of his life. What? That included a problem that the alcoholic might deny, but that others would recognize. NCA clearly stated that it was not concerned with the social or the normal drinker. Let them enjoy the grape and the grain. God bless them. Oh, my God, these people. The policy supported Marty and those who wanted the NCA to avoid addressing alcohol problems in general, such as the sale and distribution of alcohol instead of focus on the ism, the disease aspect, blah, 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 blah. In 1950, the World Health Organization, largely through the efforts of Dr. Jelinek, was the first modern medical organization to propound that alcoholism was a disease. Such international advocacy strengthened Marty's position. By 1956, New York's example had influenced the whole American Medical Association, the AMA, to pass a landmark resolution declaring that the alcoholic should be reviewed as a sick person and therefore not to be barred from admission to a hospital. Hmm. Okay. The AMA was not ready yet, however, to state outright that alcoholism was a disease. Nevertheless, a central principle of Marty and NCA education efforts was finally being recognized and accepted, at least in part, by the powerful AMA. Now, it took a while, right? Eleven years later, there was a sufficient consensus within the AMA for it to state formally that alcoholism was a disease. So, that was in 1966. Um, Marty laughed at the comment, alcoholism was the first disease they ever had to vote was a disease. Okay, okay, that's that's pretty weird, right? All right. Um, this, I could go on here, but when you read, if you really want to read a great book, U.S. of AA, How the Twelve Steps Hijacked the Science of Alcoholism by Joe Miller, I'll put this in the in the description of the show, that you would then see clearly um, just how deep it was. It is such a good book that I think I'm going to reach out to Joe Miller and have him on again. Guys, it's been really great talking with you more often again. Again, you can, I'm Monica Richardson from The 13th Step, the filmmaker. I would love for you to go on to my YouTube channel, Monica Richardson. Please subscribe and like and share the videos wherever you want so that eventually I want to do live streaming on um, YouTube. And you can only do that when you have a 1,000. You need a 1,000 subscribers to do that. So anyway, guys, um, it's been really good talking with you. And I appreciate everybody who went on to um, wherever you can write reviews, those of you who like the film, to go and please give your opinion. And I am getting ready to sign off. Thank you for joining me, Kevin. And thank you, everybody else out there, 
for joining me tonight. Again, if you are someone who dislikes AA and you want to have a you know want to watch something that doesn't piss you off, Everything Must Go with Will Ferrell, and uh, that is a comedy, a black comedy. And the other one is A Million Little Pieces, fantastic film. One Little Pill, great film, The 13th Step, my film you can see out there. And there is also a great 60 Minutes episode, you can find that on YouTube, um, which really talks so well about the use of psilocybin. John Hopkins is uh, doing the studies with the psilocybin journeys and the doctors that are doing the research for it and depression and for people dying of cancer. So there you go. All right, everybody. See you next week. Uh, God bless. And I hope you're all hanging in there or doing better. And I hope that your cities are opening up where you are more and more as we are in Los Angeles and San Diego. All right, everybody. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.